Enveloped by crashing waves and plummeting brand value, the NRL has played its last card in the pack. It has launched Rugby League Season 2019 as a new era, yet the game has extinction written all over it. Lurid sex tapes, Cameron Smith refusing to retire, the Roosters as premiers, it's truly sickening. But history tells us that Rugby League has always been able to crawl back out of the primordial slime of its own making if someone utters two magic words. Fire up and Shazam! And all would be right with the greatest game of all. Well, no longer. The game has been blasted back to the Stone Age and the two brontosauri that are Stephen Ferris and Chris Gale can't do anything about it. So welcome to New Fire Up, the new Coke of Rugby League Radio. Welcome to a Fire Up involving 33% less talk, 33% less music and 67% less comedy. Welcome to a Fire Up that has the go forward of the Adelaide Rams. Welcome to New Fire Up, the Jurassic Era. Chris, I take issue with that intro. I just dawned on me, they call us Brontosauri. Well, Stephen, I mean, I felt that you and I were both examples of a, a bygone era with rugby league out there at the Sydney Cricket Ground yesterday. I didn't see many young people out there, Stephen. It was no dying. one relating to the game at the old girl, the SCG. There's a dying breed that remembers going there back in the heyday yep. of the SCG back in the 60s when... Dare I suggest, Chris, there was a team that won 11 premierships in a row. You used to be match of the day all of the time, didn't you, Stephen? No match longer. of the day, no longer. Yeah, but there no. were Ankylosauruses, Diplodocuses, uh, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rexes, and my old favourite, the Stegosaurus. They're all out the there. Stegosaurus. What colours are the Stegosaurus, Chris? <laughs> oh, great. A little bit, little bit like the remodelled West Tigers, courtesy of Barry O'Farrell. Yes, that's right. And uh, look, as courtesy for this great event where the uh, the you know the great dinosaurs came together for conflict, there was plants put in there. There were gamekeepers with tasers, you know, just to keep them under control. Well, I think getting they were in joked, there. actually. Getting into the ground was a little bit like that, wasn't it? Let's talk about the experience, shall we, Chris? Getting into the ground yesterday. It is one of the... Well, it is the great game uh, in the regular season outside of finals and state of origin. You'd have to admit that close to 40,000 people turn up. Public holiday, Anzac. The vets are let in for free. Uh, We expect a big moment or many moments on the day. And uh, let's just... I reckon Tic Tac experience as we enter and we travel through this incredible day in the rugby league calendar. A perfect day in Sydney, correct? It was a picture-perfect day, Stephen. Mm. Um, absolutely wonderful. I'd, I'd bought a ticket, of course. Of course. Yeah. You're a man who believes in putting your money where your yeah. beliefs are, yeah, yeah. even though you follow neither team, which is commendable of you. That's all right. I, I you know, sort of <laughs> worshipping the code rather than... <laughs> Yes. Rather than colours. And the event. Yes. Yes. yes uh, Paying my respects. It is my Anzac Day service. The altar of rugby league, yes. Yeah, I admit I don't get up at dawn. No, no sleep in. But yeah. then uh, you take the car in and you look for a park. Yes. And what happens? Uh, well, the car park was full, Stephen. Full, of course. <laughs> this was my <laughs> own fault because I was uh, intending to go see Avengers Endgame afterwards, <laughs> which really restricted me to the EQ car park because all the other precincts get locked up at a certain time so ah. so I had to and I thought at 2.30 because the gates only opened at 2.30. Now whose home ground uh, was it yesterday? Oh, I think it was the Sydney Roosters. Sydney Roosters yeah. and the game is roughly at 4 o'clock as advertised maybe it's a little late and uh, in perfect management capabilities of Nick Politis they opened the gates what an hour and a bit beforehand. Pretty much. For yeah. 40,000 people to get in <laughs> into right. the precinct and in the 
And I'll give you my experience. I parked the car in Surrey Hills, walk over the uh, Tibby Cotter, which is a glorious experience, Chris. Take you happy with that? Do you think well, that's, that's, that's added ex- something? Extra 20 minutes of, of glorious sunshine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Smell the breeze, see the people. Hello, it's extra hello. exercise, isn't it? It is it's actually. certainly not getting the most direct route there. It's a half a kilometre, Chris, extra, I believe. <laughs> and um, and then by the time we get there, we go, Who, who's standing in that queue over there, which is about literally half a kilometre long? To be honest, I thought it was uh, Dragons fans reading the writing on the wall and they were queuing for the buses to leave the ground before the kickoff. But it turned out not to be the case. You're a troublemaker, aren't you, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, as it turns out, is uh, there are, there's a system where most people who are SCG members come for the cricket. They rarely come for the rugby league or anything else. Uh, but then on this particular day, generally those people, particularly from the eastern suburbs, go, well, look, I'd like to use my granddad's pass to get into mem- <laughs> the members for free. You know, right. So suddenly there's this influx uh, and there are more tickets than there are seats available. And so you get this onslaught of you know, freebies, members, and uh, it, it trailed all the way past the ponds. It really did. It, it really- was extending up to Moore Park Road and it really confused me. And then, of course, in order to get to my paid ticket entrance because I paid money to go see the game, so, mm. you know, Something you may not. I'd... When was the last time you actually bought a ticket to a game? Oh, I bought my membership to the Cogra Oval. Oh, okay. <laughs> Win Net Strata, whatever it's called now. And, and there comes a point where in Driver Avenue you had to get to where I was going, and the security actually had to pause the members' queue to allow the great unwashed. Who to, paid. To, yeah, who paid <laughs> to continue through. And it was like a scene out of Gangs of New York. The yeah. two crowds of people, the oh, paying. Yeah. Punters, the general customers, yeah. and then the, the riff yeah, then the yeah. SCG members, the, the elite, the elite, eyeing yes. each other off, in, very in uncomfortable. Pa- pastel coloured oh. shirts with collars, you know, well, yeah. <laughs> occasional team colouring. That's right, they're all got collars, and they got those sort of. Tony Gregg style yeah, yeah. hats, you know. Yeah. You might have seen the, uh, and I don't know many many little baby deer that come in 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 fuchsia. You know, lavender or pink, but there are many little loafers that made from baby deer entering into that said section. Is that right? It's, that is exactly right. Bought in Double Bay in the precinct. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's for once it's great to see the elite sort of Having made to a work way. for their living. Yeah, it's terrific. <laughs> their freebies. So, anyway, we were given the uh, the detour. They said, look, this will take you probably half a day to get in here, and we could hear the, the bugle warming up, you know, for the last <laughs> post. So, they said, why don't you just walk up Moore Park Road to the Olympic Hotel? More cut, exercise. Yeah, exactly. Cut down the side exit. Enter and then go past what is now really Beirut by Paddington, which is the destruction of Allianz Stadium. Oh, it? It's like a moonscape there you now. You get a glorious view there of this. Is, isn't that a metaphor for what's happening in society right now? Absolutely. It's fantastic. It I like that. And then up four levels to nosebleed section because by that stage it was completely full. <laughs> so we did have to work for our uh, freebies, Chris. And uh, were you one of those people who sort of basically turned up at quarter to four expecting to walk straight in? As, no, no, Chris, no. I turned up at three o'clock. Couldn't okay. get in. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we get in there and uh, don't start me on the entertainment, Chris. What entertainment? Well, I'm, I'm a, I, I think I understand events and entertainment. I've had a fair experience with this sort of caper, and I'm talking as a, as a as a as a fan here, as a member of the public, going to see the occasion. And I remember going to going to this game, this particular game on Anzac Day, when they first started to introduce the spectacle, which was the merging of the armed forces with rugby league as a celebration of Anzac Day and our grandfathers and great grandfathers, etc., grandmothers, aunties, etc., who had been to war, any war, and were given free tickets to the game. Right, and then of course respects due to those that gave their lives or were injured in war, etc., etc. And we're talking Army, Navy and Air Force. Exactly. So all those arms of the military would be on full display at the game with all the appropriate pageantry, pomp and circumstance. Even... Papua New Guinea were always celebrated. Correct. The Fuzzy Wuzzies were, were, were trailed around the Oval. Beautiful moment. Beautiful moment. Uh, of course, the New Zealanders, the Australians were celebrated. The national anthems were played. The marching band came out. The men on horses with flags, big flags, etc. The whole 
you know, pageantry was on display, beautiful yesterday. But the armed forces, of course, this is this is serious business. When you go to war, Chris, artillery is used, weapons are used, bombs are dropped, planes are flown. It is serious business. And in the old days, when this game was celebrated, they course like when you go to the the Easter show and you want to see the fruit on display and the wheat, you see it on display. Right. You see the rabbits and the lambs and the chickens. When the war comes out to show what they've got, their wares, we used to get the parachute right, so coming down. I see what you're saying. If you yeah. go to the pig pavilion, you see a pig. <laughs> you see a pig. Right. You know, and you get to pat them and all this and go, oh, that could be on my plate one day. You know, you get to see the Riverina's oranges, you know, in a beautiful motif, you know. And you'd, always, and you'd always have your own opinion as to whether what came first, second or third, whether you agreed with it or not. Exactly. And you never understood, was it the quality of the display or the quality of the produce or both? Or both, yeah. And somehow it never rotted, as you remember, you know. <laughs> it's out there for like two weeks or whatever the show ran for. So we're expecting the Army, the Navy, the Air Force to deliver. So the Air Force used to drop their parachutes and sometimes they have some smoke trailing behind and give this sort of semblance of wartime. Uh, you would have, uh, you know, yesterday they brought out some guns and all they did was put out a bit of firework material. You might, might have noticed that yesterday. Well, they had some sort of race, didn't they? The, the, the two teams trying to pull one of these big um, artillery guns, guns and yeah. uh, the camera person uh, stumbled and fell over and that was, <laughs> that was, that, it. That was pretty that much was the excitement of, damaged, of the day. That was yeah. about the best thing of the show. I know that they were intended to have parachutes, but apparently... There was a, a training mishap during the week and the parachute had ended up colliding with the ladies' stand. So ah. they said, we will not uh, introduce the parachutists if the weather conditions are not favourable. Very favourable. It was very favourable. Clear skies. Well, <laughs> not but, a breath of wind. But, but, Chris, if you're in Normandy and it's pitch black, right, and there's a storm blowing for coming from the North Atlantic Sea and you've got to drop your troops over enemy line, you expect to be able to handle that, you don't you? You still drop them. You still drop them. Yeah. You don't stop just, <laughs> just because it's bad weather. <laughs> War is not just fought in perfect conditions, It is Stephen. not, Chris, no. And if our military is saying that yesterday was not suitable to no. drop their parachutes, parachutes there's something very something's wrong. coming apart at the seams. Right, who's the minister? Well, it's, it's Defence Minister Maurice Payne. I know oh, they're Maurice in care- Payne, yes. I know they're in caretaker mode at the moment. Oh, but, yes, yes. But, I mean, you haven't even touched on your... Like no. your totem. No, okay. And, and apart from the parachutists, right, uh, we, we, we used to get, once upon a time, there was a couple of flyovers, you know. There used to be the F-111s or the 83s or whatever they had. Jets go screaming over screaming look past, up and go, oh, yeah. Whoa! It's, I, I it's feel the Air safer. Force. I'm, I'm less concerned about Indonesia now. Now, I know the Navy don't really get much of a trot in this whole caper, you know. One of the well, it's act- difficult. It is difficult. But you'd get some sailors <laughs> yeah. marching at marching. least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the, in the hats and the what have you. Exactly. Nothing. Nothing from the Navy. And to top it all off, when they brought the Black Hawk... Helicopter, Chris. Many years ago, I used to live in Darlinghurst, and you could hear the Black Hawks coming because they used to bring them into Paddington, I think, and just position them there, warm them up, get the big rotors revving. You could feel it; it would shake Darlinghurst, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let alone what it would do to the Sydney Football Stadium when they'd come down with the trophy intact, and out would jump John Z or whoever with tro- well, it wouldn't be John Z, of course, it'd be you know Ben Hornby, you know. I think yesterday it was Minicello and Kezzy Apps. Well, they they scale it down to suddenly one day we noticed oh there's no Black Hawk today. Wonder what we got. Oh, it's the Channel Nine helicopter, <laughs> which is like you know ve- a veritable mosquito of a helicopter. It's a yeah, I mean, pissy it, little thing. It's not going to be deployed in any uh, military theatre. That's see for sure. The Channel Nine out at uh, you know, <laughs> Afghanistan or something. You know no, what I mean? No. <laughs> what did we get yesterday, Chris? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And. You know, is Defence Minister Maurice Payne deliberately scaling back on Ooh. on what we're seeing okay. for some reason? 
I, can, I see what you're getting to here. This, uh, this is we're in standby mode, both in government and also in stadia. Yeah, in stadia world, we're yeah. in temporary digs. Temporary the digs, SCG, yeah. because SCG, the, yeah. as, as you can see by the crumbling edifice next door, formerly known as Allianz Stadium, there is a you know from that um, particular set of ashes will mm. rise mm. a new, dare I say, dark phoenix, referring to the upcoming X Men fr- franchise. A dark phoenix and. Yeah. That is the rebuilt, and I assume it's going to be called Allianz. They wouldn't want to get off that tremendous run they've been having. They've had a pretty good run, haven't they? pretty good publicity. Yes, absolutely. And like the former minister for Stadia, I think now does events, is your guy. Stuart Ayres. Stuart Ayres. I think it's public knowledge that uh, Maurice and Stuart are partners. Public information, yes. They figured in the Daily Telegraph Power 100. Right, and And Stuart does understand big events. That's right. Yes. And one would wonder... Mm. If we're trying to make the experience of the SCG a little bit miserable, a little bit, little bit low budget, because when Allianz launches Anzac Day in a few years' time... Yes, yes, yes. The, ex- grand, the grand new girl... The grand new girl. Like, we're talking Bank West now, now, the grand new girl will open up, right? And you're saying, you're suggesting that Stuart and Maurice have come together with a plan, they've hatched a plan. Well, you know, politically they want this to launch positively. Big, big. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I imagine that there'll be a full 3D, if not 4D, recreation of a theatre of war, yes. i.e. Gallipoli. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, can, a, we, we can even flood the joint. You know, like, <laughs> like years ago we had the, uh, the, the hail come Tornado. down. Part the seas, Chris. The players come out through the seas party. What do that you would be magnificent. Yeah. Every, I know it's not Easter, but it's close enough. Yeah, and I think every punter would be suitably, be, suitably attired. Attired. <laughs> <laughs> the Brontosaurus would be wheeled out. That's right. You, you'd all be issued with flak jackets and helmets and whatever. You would be part of the action. So you're given your own flak jacket and your helmet as you walk through the gates. <laughs> That's right. Wow. There's, Choose your colours. If there's, if there's one way to appreciate what it's like to be in a war is to experience what yeah. it's like in war. And with all the LED screens and 3Ds, and yeah, yeah. you see to be vibrating with every yeah. uh, grenade. You'd hear every bullet. Because my biggest gripe about the SCG, Steve, I can't yeah. hear the whistle. Can't hear the when whistle. When referee Cummins blew his whistle in perfectly justified circumstances, i.e. the St George Ford pass, that's not a try. Do you I want to back hear it. just a moment? We'll, we'll get on to that in a little while, shall we? Uh, and so what you're suggesting is this new stadium will have perfect acoustics, not unlike Bank West, which we'll get to later, the yes. brand new stadium at Parramatta. Uh, so you'll hear the Brontosaurus. You know, you'll hear the waters parting. Yes. The, the bullets will fly past your head. You'll hear it. You know. Uh, what else, Chris? There'll be explosions. Black Hawk coming in. Maybe two, if it's big enough. Well, parachuters. Is it a flares. fleet? Of, is it a fleet of helicopters? Fleet of helicopters. There'll be Fl- flyover. Pe- people rappelling down, not just from the helicopters, but from the actual roofs of the stadia yeah, yeah, yeah. into seats next to you. Yeah, and then out of the corner of your eye, you'll see some bloke running across the field, and it'll be what we will say is a, a replica of Hitler in rooster's colours running across the field, being chased by somebody in red and white. Right? <laughs> How about think, that? Well, I think that's a step too far. That's. The- <laughs> That sounds like a scene out of that old movie Listomania I was yeah. watching the other day. But, and but don't I mention mean, Skull here, right? right or, the, or the Red Skull. Well, there you go. That's tying everything together. Yeah, I know. But, but Stuart, as is now the Minister for Events, you're yeah. involved in a big event called Vivid that sort of Absolutely. starts approximately this time. A could few this, weeks away, yeah. Could this be, in oh. the future, the launch of the Vivid Festival? Meetings will be had, Chris. That will be amazing. Meetings will be had. So when the stadium opens up, Vivid starts at Anzac Day, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. And moves onwards from there with the grand opening. Will be better than... Better than what was served up yesterday, sir. Oh, man. But you're not talking about the game, of course, because that was that was appalling what they served up to the Dragons fans yesterday. What's your concern there? Well, the decisions went so far the Roosters' way, and I'm not biased, of course, and we were robbed. You know, there were penalties galore, forward passes were called, the whole bit, 40% possession by first half. We were lucky to be holding on at 14-0. And, of course, Chris, 
they unveiled the greatest try ever known to mankind to Matt Dufty in the second half. Oh, I didn't see Cooper Cronk pulling something like that. No. I didn't see Latrell Mitchell pull something like that. No. I didn't see Tedesco pulling something like that. I also saw Matt Dufty when the game was on the line, bringing the ball back and cocking it up. <laughs> <laughs> Leading the Takiyagos try to seal the match. So, yeah, yes. rocks or diamonds, but are you saying that's the best try in history scored against, as described by your own coach, Mary McGregor, the best, best team, team in ever. the world. The best team in the world. Yeah. And if you can pull a try like that up against the best team in the world, it's got to be the best try ever. Yeah, and you'll only lose 20 to 10 as opposed to, yes. you know, 20 to 4. If that's the best team ever in the world, Chris, we're in big trouble. And everywhere we go, we had 25,000 people in New York City. I asked them, are you fired up? And they were all fired up. And I asked them, are you ready to go? And they're all ready to go. Chris, I think we can take this. We've had a few people text in about how to take this concept a little further, this uh, life during wartime as a pantomime. Uh, many people were taken by the suggestion that Hitler, or a replica of, not a, not even an automaton or 3D or, you know, what does the modern technology Just provide these days? Animatronics? Just a bloke. <laughs> an out-of-work actor. Because there's plenty actor. of those. <laughs> Running in as Hitler. No, I did. I did uh, unfairly say he would be dressed in a rooster's jumper. Well, I, I would have thought that depend, it would reflect whose home game it was, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be true. <laughs> so, so whoever's playing away gets to dress up as Hitler, right? Right. Because he lost, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but I'm suggesting that um, we could have more more fun. We could bring in more out of work actors, and mm-hmm. wouldn't that be a great uh, you know vivid exploration as well to bring in the performing arts? Uh, we could have uh, you know one of the. the Dragon jumper Mussolini. Sure. You know, uh, you could bring the Russians in somewhere. But well, referees dressed as Stalin. The referees. Yeah, because they're uh, always cracking down on something. Always. And then, of course, the poor old the Japanese come in and create havoc, and then, of course, something gets slammed on them, and they're just out of the picture. You know, I mean, it, 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 the possibilities are endless, Chris. I think uh, introducing a historical education angle is a good idea, Stephen, yeah, because, yeah. Uh, you know, there were a couple of videos uh, on that ear-splitting PA at the Sydney Cricket Ground yeah, yesterday, yeah. and it's so loud I couldn't focus. Not at level four, it's not, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. We were quite free. We heard the last post. Yeah. yeah, but I just think what we're saying here is three-dimensional. Uh, you yeah. know, we can fatten up yeah. the experience. Well, uh, Pat was mentioning uh, the Hamburglar. You might remember the Hamburglar from those ads, I think. From the McDonald's ads? Yes, exactly. Yeah. That sort of characterisation. You know, right. Benny Hill theme. Right, so broad. Yeah, so make it fun for the kids. Yeah, broad. <laughs> broad, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if, it's too, if it's too po-faced, uh, everybody switches off no, and they don't no, learn. No, 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 no. No, you've got to reach out. It's got to be mass entertainment, Stephen. Entertainment. I think Maurice understands. Stuart definitely understands that. Because as we keep hearing in rugby league, we are in, in the entertainment business. We're baby. Baby. <laughs> Uh, what else happened during the week, Chris? Uh, well, there was another... Well, we talk about Stadia, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. It seems we talk about a lot about Stadia on this show. It was, of course, the unfurling mm. of Bank West Stadium on Easter Monday where the Parramatta Eels took on the West Tigers. So this great edict about the West as the centre of Sydney now is starting to come to fruition. Very much so. The powerhouse may end up there. Uh, you know, I mean, Parliament will probably move over there. 
I don't know. Who's the, moving over there? Parliament House. Parliament House is I, moving? I believe so. Is that right? There's a big plan. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. The Opera House look out. <laughs> uh, now, who played the opening game? Oh, Parramatta Reels and West Tigers. West Tigers. Your team, West yes, Tigers. Correct. Yes, Okay. Yes. Um, you were going in with Great Hope? Uh it's it's in the as everyone's pointing out we're a quarter way through the season we so are. if you're only a quarter way through the season hope isn't completely extinguished no yet no um, that is that is the, the the juice of rugby league that hope. keeps you going there yeah. for a while yeah. so yeah I, I, I watched I, I refused to go to the game because it was not our home game um, even though um, Bankwest isn't? Stadium is going to be our home it's not oh right so I'm mean, confused your jungle or not your jungle well, well I don't know but I mean. Mitchell Moses from the Parramatta Eels had something to say on this. Okay. You know, the Tigers are trying to say it's their home ground as well, but, you know, we wanted to stamp our authority on this on this field, and I think we did that tonight, and um, I don't think it's their jungle anymore. Wow, not their jungle anymore. Well, ever. Really. Ever. Well, and that's right, you haven't been to that jungle before, have you? Not yet. I think we've uh, debut against the Canberra Raiders in about round 13, but we're playing four home games there, mm. so Mitchell Moses is obviously still bitter about his departure mm. from his true calling, which is the West Tigers. Yes, yes. Like Tedesco, true calling Tigers. <laughs> yes. Don't start on the. Aaron Woods, true yeah, calling. True calling, yeah, West right. Tigers. Yeah, yeah. But, Blake Austin, so at Josh Addo Car, but I'm not bitter. No, no, and, no. and given our, you know, the, the time of the year and our our, our war analogies, uh, we all remember, you know, of course, Colonel Kurtz from a famous film, Chris, played by Marlon Brando, Apocalypse Now, Apocalypse Now, where Marlon Brando, of course, went off his rocker, and I think. Was he just hiding or was he just basically having a good time in a cave? No, no, he was a jungle warlord, Stephen. He jungle was a fair income jungle warlord. <laughs> right, okay. That's right. And uh, if we could use this uh, Tresh's metaphor a little further, and the jungle that was the game played at Bank West at Parramatta, uh, which is between the Tigers and, and the Eels, who would have been said Brando in such a, such a scene? Well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Because, it, you know, I guess what we're tapping into here is that the Tigers having got off the bus, yeah. hello Ivan Cleary, yes. uh, we've really pushed the jungle metaphor. So I guess we were hoping to set up this concept, which is very popular in rugby mm. league, of your home ground being a fortress. Yes, yes, yes. And Colonel Kurtz, uh, Kurtz was yes. ensconced in his jungle fortress. Fortress, yes, yes, yes. Uh, being the Tigers' home ground. Now, I suppose you'd look at uh, Parramatta decided to wage a campaign against this. Yes, yes. Uh, if you remember... So Mitchell Moses would be... The Martin Sheen character. Martin Sheen, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Private Willard or something yeah, his yeah, name was, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Willard, did you ever see that movie? I did, The Rat. The Rat, incredible. Yeah, yeah, lovely, yeah. The Michael Jackson, the theme <laughs> song. Of great song, yeah, yeah. yeah. How many songs have been number ones that are about rats? One. Yeah. yeah. There was the Boomtown Rats, of course, had a number one song, but it wasn't about, about them, rats. was it? No, no, no. 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 Uh, and, then, and then, I guess, sending him up the river, mm-hmm. Heart of Darkness style, yeah. uh, he encounters on the way Lieutenant Colonel Kilgore. Yes. Played by Robert Duvall, very, very rem- reminiscent of Brad Arthur. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I love the smell of cooked tiger in the cooked afternoon. Cooked tiger in the afternoon on, so, on Anzac Day. So he's got to be yeah. Get in the gunboat, yeah. go up the river that yeah. is Bankwest Stadium, and yeah. see if you can unseat Colonel Kurtz. Now, Colonel Kurtz, I would put it to you that perhaps Colonel Kurtz, the original sort of jungle warlord, could have been Benji Marshall. Robbie Farrah. Robbie Farrah. The two of them could have been together. One of them might have been a colonel, one might have been a sergeant. Uh, clearly, your ex-coach could have been the man too. Yeah, but he's been he's, weeded he's out. What about weeded out? the current coach, Madge yeah. Maguire? Who... He's perhaps too new to this, isn't he, to be the, 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 the warlord type, would you say? So, so you're thinking about the person who best yeah. encompasses the tiger's yeah. spirit. Oh, it's this jungle spirit. Yeah, the jungle because spirit. Because there's a great painting, that not there, in, in a past like on Parramatta Road? 
with that whole sort of said thing with Benji Marshall's face on it, isn't there? <laughs> and who would who would be this person, this warlord of the jungle? That says that it's our jungle it's and our nobody jungle. else's. Yeah. Who's saying that? Well, I think it was the Wiggles, wasn't the it? Wiggle. The Wiggle. I Wiggle. Are you saying that Colonel Kurtz is Anthony oh, Field, the hang Blue Wiggle? Oh, That's got, that's got a lot of rhythm, Chris, and a lot of melody. That is a superbly crafted piece of music, isn't it? Who did that music? That was the Wiggles. The Wiggles. West Tigers theme song from... Yeah, well, yeah, well or was it Anthony Field with... Like, it was a spin-off. I'm not really mm, sure. Yeah, but, okay. But I think what you're saying is that Mitchell Moses went up the river that was Bankwest Stadium and shot the Blue Wiggle. Right, the Blue Wiggle's dead. <laughs> He's, He's gone. gone. No. The horror. The horror. We've, take, we've taken this this metaphor too far now, Chris. Very much so. Very much okay, so. Get, get, the war, get the war out of rugby league, Stephen, and yeah. should we change tack? Can we bring it back to a prettier sight in rugby league? <laughs> Can we bring it back to... A man known as the Jabber, the heart of rugby league. Let's go. Yeah, can we? And now it's time for the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. I used to collect pigeons. This is a true story. And the bloke at Blacktown was selling a pigeon called a silver mealy. I'll never forget this. It was a fortune. It was a dollar. We had to raise a dollar a to go pigeon. and buy this silver mealy. And the bloke said to us, you know, when you take him back to the cage, make sure you keep him in the cage for three months all right, before you let him out. We said, why? He said, because he'll come back here and he'll bring all your birds with him. We said, right, well, we don't want that to happen. So we kept him in the cage for six months. Six months we kept him locked up in the cage, the silver mill. He used to strut around all day, every day we'd feed him. So after six months we thought, well, we're safe now. So we let him out with the other birds and off they went and they used to go round and round and round and all of a sudden the silver mill, he took off on his own and the other birds followed him. An hour later, the bloke at Blacktown rang up and said, all your birds are in my pigeon. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't go and get them. That was the end of your pigeon career? End, end, end of it, yeah. That was the end of it. And that was the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. Anyway, we're all fired up. Let's go. Oh, that was an incredible story, Gus. Incredible. That was another instalment of the life of times of Gus Gould. I mean, we could bring in pigeons at this Anzac Day, but I think there might be uh, some, you know, animal liberationists would be up in arms about the cruelty that could ensue if there were guns and bombs and parachutes and planes. It wouldn't work with the Blackhawks or the parachutes. Helicopters and pigeons, not a good victory. (laughs) Not really. Now, that man, the Buddha of suburbia, that image the other day of him sitting trying to text on the ground on the grass, so that that painted an image. Shark Park. Shark Park. Pointsbet underscore dot au stadium. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Only you could remember that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> They've abbreviated a points bet stadium, but it's not quite as catchy, I don't think. Now, we're going to have to en- enlarge this segment because, I mean, the soap opera that is Gus Gould just got incredibly... It just blew up, didn't it, this week? Well, since we've been following his life and times, uh, I think our bright light that we've shone through our prism on Gus has opened up uh, some thoughts out west at uh, Penrith. You're right. And they've decided that he's redundant. Right. So Penneth was uh, was his heartland, I suppose. Yes. Yes, and he had a five-year plan. Yes. He'd been there how long? Eight. Eight years. Uh, what were the things that he was hoping to achieve and what were the ending indicators that he achieved these said things? Chris, if I could say to you, uh, these KPIs would include uh, junior development. Yes, junior development. They've got a rich junior development going on out there now. Tick. 
tick. As yeah. you would expect, a green tick. Yeah, though my concern about Penrith at the moment is that they don't seem to be able to tackle. So I think when your juniors are all playing touch and Oz tag, oh, that's you might problem. be going down the wrong pathway. That is a problem. They need to relearn some skills, don't you they? Know, pathways are important in rugby league. Financials, Chris. How are they, how are they standing I think the word solvent now. I think solvent. Gus himself said when he arrived, there were 11 well-meaning volunteers right. in paid jobs not knowing what they're doing. Yes. Now there are 58 highly qualified staff at Penrith. Star- I'm about to say staffing's good. Yes, good. Yeah. You arrive early in the morning, they're there. You yeah. leave late at night and the lights are still on because they're still, still working. working. Right. Which not raises, out of fear, are they, Chris? No, well, that raises real issues yeah, around does. about what the employment conditions are like How? out of Penrith. And this uh, underbelly could be uh, uh, exposed very soon. Is it getting out before these uh, claims are made? Well, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Strapped to the desk, you know, whipped little, every half an hour. A little bit like James Sutherland with Cricket Australia. Yeah. Just, How about building facilities, Chris? How are they going out there? Well, well you've got the, the home of entertainment, you've right? Got, well, you've got, pe- the, you've got the world of entertainment that is Panthers, Aqua Panthers. Golf, that sort of deal. Can't dispute that. Was it um, Reactor One, I think, is the nightclub there, if is that's it, still going? What a great name. With yeah. a K, I hope, too. Yeah, yeah. High Fly, uh, the iFly, um, you know, you hop in the, the oh, yeah. air thing and you get blown yeah. up and imagine Have they got any replicas of famous... you're parachuting into the SCG, for example. Wow. Any, uh, any, any replicas course... of any famous buildings, you know, like the Eiffel Tower or... The... Las Vegas style. Las Vegas style? That would be in the plans, that would wouldn't be in it? The plans, right, you yeah. know, put the Bellagio in there, that yes. sort of deal. <laughs> but of course, there is the, um, the forerunner of the Bellagio, which mm. is the Penrith Rugby League Academy. Academy. State... Of the art. State of the art, Centre of Excellence Academy. Yeah. Wow. So that's an achievement. All ticks. All ticks. Uh, what about, uh, have they got, are they fostering talent, for example, like coaches? Are they looking after their coaches? Very, very deep coaching talent. The ability yeah. to transition players like Peter Wallace from the playing ranks straight into the coaching. Yes. Cameron Seraldo, yeah. rugby league first grade coach. And they're coach paying good money waiting. for coaches too? They're playing continuous money for coaches. In Are fact, they? they've got a number of coaches on their books. How many? Well, they've got Ivan Cleary currently. <laughs> they've got Anthony Griffin no longer coaching there. They're paying him. And they're still playing Ivan Cleary from when he coached there the first time. <laughs> so they're paying him twice. Well, that's great because, as we know, uh, investment, like, like the flow of money into, like Kevin Rudstoss, uh, you know, when the crash happened, you've got to put money back into the, into the economy, don't you? Yes, you do. Great. So Because they spend. Cleary goes down to Kmart. Spend some of that uh, that dough that's not so hard earned on witches hats and all sorts of cases, <laughs> right. sorts of things. Yeah. What about our aged care facilities, Chris? Well, I believe they are, and this is something we touched on with Ian Heads last year with that terrible dispute going on with the Waverley Bowling Club, where they're trying to relocate that and build a Roosters aged themed aged care facility. Right. I believe there will be a Panthers aged care facility, and the mm. uh, the residencies are selling fast. You know, yes, there's yeah. sort of you know the Luz Zavanovic wing and. Yeah. Uh, um, Gary Petherbridge Library, mm-hmm. uh, the Bill Ashurst Fountain. Wow. You know, some of the great Penrith greats from the past. Mm-hmm. You know, the Izzards. The Izzards. <laughs> we'll all be working there, I imagine. Very attractive myth. Sounds great, so, doesn't it? So far, there's a lot of ticks going on here, Chris. It, it's, now, what I suggest to you, one of my indicators would be how many colours have they got in their team for their jerseys and their flags so the kiddies could actually colour in and have a greater, uh, well, more difficult task, I should say. Have they added any more colours? Teal. Teal. Rust. Pink. pink yeah, yeah. The classic black. Black. White, brown, of course. Brown. The licorice all sorts. Licorice all sorts. Yeah. So Any more all the colours of the rainbow. They right. basically appropriated every colour right. possible with the exception of well, maroon and blue. I okay, think. so you've got to be satisfied with that. Yes. What about premierships, Chris? Zero. Zero. No premierships. Uh, but one great big tick, of course, is uh, he turns boys into men. Girl, I'm here for you. All those times at night when you just heard me and just ran out with that other fella. Baby, I knew about it. I just didn't care. You just don't understand how much I love you, do you? I'm here for you. I'm not out to go out there and cheat all night. Just like you did, baby, but that's alright. 
I love you anyway. And I'm still gonna be here for you to my dying day, baby. Right now, I'm just in so much pain, baby, cause you just won't come back to me, will you? Just come back to me. Yes, baby, my heart is lonely. My heart hurts, baby. Yes, I feel pain too. Banzai Day special, Chris Gale, myself, Stephen Ferris here on FBI. Uh, end of the, is it the end of the road for said Jabba the Hutt, the border of suburbia, well, one, school? One thing he's happy about is he's got a lot of less driving to do because the shy to Penrith and back every day was, uh, I think it was wearing on him. I think it was wearing, yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah, is yes. it the end of the road for Gus? Do, do we think that... He's threatened to do more media, yeah, so, you know, it's yeah. not all good news. No, and, and it's the end of the road, Shark Park, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, just up the road, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, look, we know that uh, with this war theme that uh, rugby league thrives on hate, Chris, not hope. Hate. How much do I hate the Roosters? A lot. You hate the Roosters a lot. I mean, you, you were suggesting that the fix was in from the beginning, oh, that the referees yes, are in so. on it. Totally, totally, yeah. Stalin and Hitler Star- in some totally, sort of unholy yeah, yeah, yeah. alliance. I mean, gee whiz, talk about... Rewriting Patrick the rules Bourne. of history. Come on through, boys, come on through. 14-0, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> Did you enjoy the game, though? Yeah, you know, there was some, you know, Hooray Henry's next to me who had made too much noise, you know, entitled mob. <laughs> Roosters fans. Now, um, who would you say now, if we take the, take the niceties off, who is the most hated man in rugby league? I'll throw a few names at you. You would, Mitchell Moses, you would put in that category right well, now? Well, Redfern Pat absolutely yeah. despises the kid, particularly <laughs> uh, with the prospect that he might end up with a blue jersey at some stage. But, oh. look, I, I just think he was a guy that uh, needed to grow up and uh, yeah. um, he's showing signs that he is, and I can't hate him for that. I can't uh, hate him for leaving my club. I can't hate him for belting us 51-6. to six. Can I? <laughs> can you? I probably can. Well, it'll come off soon. Therapy soon, Chris, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, Darius Boyd? I mean, he's not so much hated as, like, really... He's yesterday's hero, isn't he? Yeah. Or yesterday's anti-hero. Yes. I, I, I've lost my uh, enmity for Darius. I, I wish him well in his hamstring in retirement. And in the Broncos, you're being nice here. Jimmy the Jet, is he troubled or is he despised? I tell you who hates him is Anthony Seabold. <laughs> Anthony Seabold yeah, hates they're, they're done. Yeah, I mean, right. the, yeah. the J- Jimmy Roberts, Jimmy the Jet to Redfern r- rumours continue to grow, though Wayne Bennett says it's very quiet. In, you don't in that trust regard. that, do you? But I tell you what, Seabold, no, I'm not sure about this guy. There was on the wires this week that he's reached out widely to get assistance with his coaching. Wow. Who's, well, uh, would it, Bellamy, maybe? No, or no. You're not, you're not David thinking, Gallup, maybe? You, well, you're no. not thinking laterally, Stephen. You're no. thinking league world. You're thinking clubland. Yeah, oh, I see. He went on an American trip and then spoke to somebody in another coat well, over there. No, the UK, Eddie Jones Rugby Union. Rugby Union? And then closer to home, yeah. Nathan Buckley from the Collingwood Magpies. And Seabold was sorry, quite... Who, sorry, who, who sorry, are they? They're, they're an AFL team. Oh, Australian AFL, Rolls. right, okay. And uh, Seabold was quoting as saying, I love AFL. No wonder the Broncos are one and five. Man, he's gone. He's gone. He's just written his death sentence, yeah. So Jimmy, Jimmy the Jet, probably more, um, not so much hated as, um, I think there's a lot of concern for Jimmy. Right, concern, fair enough. Yeah, welfare style. Adam Blair. No, I hate him. Hate him. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, straight off the bat. Total cat. What about the, uh, the pairing? Because they come as a pair of Fafita and Dugan. 
That's an interesting thing, isn't it? Individually, they're kind of in some way almost likeable, but together Shonky they're, they're, they're loads of them. What about Fafita <laughs> giving it to Josh Morris yeah, after yeah. Penrith went ahead 20-6? to six. Yeah. It's in the... Uh, the uh, Murdoch Press today that him giving him a bit of a serve. Well, it worked. Wow, uh, they're the sort of the, the 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 dark horse this year, aren't they? I think the Sharkies they might come strong. You know, cause a few upsets over the. Yeah, they're my spoiler. Stephen, can, can I say at the beginning of the season they were in my top four? I would have to say Josh Maguire nearly tops the list for the most hated uh, man in rugby league. Most hated guy for me. Uh, yeah. if, for some reason this season now all the commentators are referring to him as Moose. I'd never heard moose. him referred to that as Moose. That sounds too cute for me. Yeah, he's got a rap sheet longer than your arm. Yeah. And <laughs> And yeah. the gouge. Yeah, the gouge. The gouge. Yeah. They said there wasn't sufficient evidence. What? You know, it's just simply because Cameron Smith, for his own nefarious reasons, wouldn't want to press charges. Well, now we're talking. The, you know, he knows the Cowboys are worse with Maguire in the team, so he doesn't want to see him rubbed out. Of course not. Even though he tried to rub out Munster's right. eyes. But there was a slow-mo of those fingernails just digging deeper and deeper, weren't there? It seemed like... Looking, good... looking for the root, the nerve. It seemed like... Pull. It seemed like incontrovertible evidence <laughs> yes. to me. And, of course, you can't go back to Cameron Smith. I mean, he's, this, this, he's the devil not even in disguise anymore, is he? He's the Prince of Darkness. Prince That's of Darkness. Absolutely no doubt. And, okay. again, you know, with the Warriors set to have a famous historic victory, give the Kiwis something on Anzac Day, yeah. and there's that penalty for, you know, holding in the tackle yeah. against Facilia, whatever his name is. Sorry to get that wrong. <laughs> yeah. And who was involved at dummy half, at acting uh, half? Yeah. Cameron, Cameron Smith. Smith. Now, Chris, uh, look, we we are we are a scratch record. We've been doing this now for I don't know, thirteen or fourteen years, haven't we? Uh, the notion well, you have. I have, yes. And the, the some things never change in rugby league and shouldn't change really. Uh, the, the slow the ball tactics around the you know around the play the ball for those that are listening that, that don't like rugby league, don't even know what rugby league is, but quite like the show or will put up with us. Yes. When you tackle a player, the player has a certain amount of time to get up, and the referee's discretion says that's too long. And they blow a penalty or they don't. Correct. Some teams seem to be better at that art. It's a dark art, Chris. And who is the finest exponent of that dark art? Well, the Melbourne Storms. Craig Bellamy and the Melbourne Storms. And anybody who's trained under Craig Bellamy has learned that trick. Now, of course, I, th- I, I lay, a, lay a charge against South Sydney courtesy of Seabold when he, before he left. <laughs> right. Okay. But the Bulldogs have been copying it. Yes. Why? Because they're awful. They're awful. They're no good. They're just slow and stupid. Yeah, so as their own coach, Dean Pay, has described it, we are prepared to play ugly football and they are daring the referees to blow a penalty. And for whatever reason, mm. Good Friday, meant to be, you know, it's a time of reflection. Yes. Uh, the referees were reflecting on grander matters and uh, put the whistle in the pocket and Wayne Bennett, not happy. Blew up. Yeah. Right. Well was blowing up about the fact they weren't blowing. Uh, so non-compliance. 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 Okay, we hate non-compliance. Hate that. You know, <laughs> he described the modern player as the least compliant he's ever seen them. The least compliant. And ever. I don't think he's talking so about what, football. So jaywalking? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not driving getting, cars unregistered? Not, not getting their... Uh, no licences? Not getting on the electoral roll. Wow. That, yeah. that non-compliant. Yeah, 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 refusing yeah. to obey traffic signals. Jesus. Doing Chris. 45 in a school zone society, between 8 and 9.30 in the morning. cannot function like that. <laughs> it can, and Wayne's right. He used to be a cop, didn't he? Uh, that's correct. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Rugby league is full of ex-policemen, <laughs> except for you and me. That's right. Uh, we've been known to be non-compliant occasionally. Well, I do notice it's on ten o'clock, Stephen. So right. what are we going to do now? Trying to go. Oh, oh we we're to... going to go because we're compliant. Yeah, let's let's leave it on a, on a fun note, shall we? Well, why not? Everybody out there in FBI land, it's just been claimed by Paul Kent, who's the funniest man in rugby league, and he, if anybody should know, Newcastle is the newly crowned party town. It's the party capital of the NRL. Yes. It, apparently, rather than focus on the Raiders game, which they went on to lose 17-10 to 10 a few weeks ago, all the talk in the Knights compound in the joint, where Nathan Brown has clearly lost control, was getting ready for Mitchell Pierce's 30th birthday party. Right, right, that's it. And they combined it with Kalen Pongers. Wow, and what, clowns? 
the whole big Dancing face painting. Girls, face painting. Uh, yeah. Pinball machines, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, uh, hand puppets. Wow, hand puppets too. I'm sure, A video room, I'm sure so they, to speak. They wheeled in the eskies and the, and the, and the, and the casks and the, and the goon sacks and all that sort of stuff. David Clemmer comes to the Knights and the whole joint just goes to pot. Right, with hair, big shoes, <laughs> red nose, right. big wig. <laughs> People and, dressed up as Bozo the Clown, i.e. Bobby Fulton. And once again, Nathan Brown was trying to bloody scratch his hair, but there was none left. You <laughs> That's know. right. Damn, what am I going to do with this lot? But he's, look, Well, they, he's got a contract that says he just needs four weeks' notice, so yes. I think he'll be getting it. Have they got lock up, lockout laws up there? No, that's the, that's there the beauty you go. of the joint. <laughs> we should all move to Newcastle. On that note, we'll see you next week, Chris. Bye for now. <laughs> So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snotting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!